My name is Ben Leffler. I am a former uh, recovering city council candidate from District 9, Austin City Council. Campaigns are year to year, and we need something that is permanent, uh, that's putting out a progressive voice, that's putting out progressive messaging, that's activating people, that's doing all the things that a campaign can't do. Campaigns end. My campaign ended a little bit too early in my mind, <laughs> but we know that we have Progress Texas to put out a positive message that's connecting Texans um, around uh, you know, progressive values. It's Thursday, February 8th, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. Republican disarray and duplicity on gaudy display in both chambers of the U.S. Congress, starting today in the Senate, where Benjamin Wormand at the Houston Chronicle tells us yesterday both of our guys in the upper chamber, Ted Cruz and John Cornyn, helped block a bipartisan border security bill they said would do too little to slow border crossings, effectively ending a months-long drive to pass the first major immigration legislation in decades. Nine senators of both parties crossed lines in the vote to begin debate on the $118 billion package that paired an overhaul of the American asylum system and new presidential powers to turn away migrants at the border with aid to Ukraine, Israel, and other allies. The effort effectively died after the 49 to 50 vote after hopes of some degree of bipartisan cooperation, which seem a bit foolish now, perhaps, were basically derailed by former President Donald Trump's pressure campaign against the negotiations out of fear of a timely win for President Biden in the run-up to the election. Republicans have proven quite accommodating in preserving an immigration situation they've referred to as an invasion and potentially undermining American foreign policy objectives related to Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel for their dear leader's political advantage. To be fair here, the particulars of the changes proposed to U.S. border policy were not without critique from Democrats. CNN says Democratic Senators Bob Menendez of New Jersey and Alex Padilla of California both forcefully attacked the border deal, Menendez calling it unacceptable and adding, quote, if these changes were being considered under Trump, Democrats would be in outrage. But because we want to win an election, Latinos and immigrants now find themselves on the altar of sacrifice, unquote. Padilla on the policy says it would, quote, cause more chaos at the border, not less, and that it fails to provide relief for dreamers, farm workers, and the other undocumented long-term residents of our country who contribute billions to our economy, work in essential jobs, and make America stronger, unquote. Similar failure in the U.S. House, especially for still fresh-faced House Speaker and Trump lackey Mike Johnson, who's finding the cat-herding expedition he chose to embark upon treacherous indeed. Katie Edmondson at the New York Times highlights a key miscalculation on Johnson's part recently, namely that U.S. Representative Al Green of South Houston would be physically unable to show up to vote on the House GOP move to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Green having undergone a major abdominal surgery just this last Friday. As we mentioned yesterday, Green deeply disappointed Speaker Johnson by taking care of business from a wheelchair in his hospital gown. Johnson all but admitted counting on using Green's medical condition as a political advantage, saying, quote, we have a razor thin margin here and every vote counts. Sometimes when you're counting votes and people show up when they're not expected to be in the building, that changes the equation, unquote. And what an asshole. We don't normally go to Fox News as a source on this report, but I can't resist this time. Fox News' Louis Cassiano writes on House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries of New York defending the surprise appearance of Representative Green on the Mayorkas vote, saying, quote, It's not our responsibility to let House Republicans know which members will or will not be present on the House floor on any day or in any connection with any given vote. 
It was important to Representative Green to be present to cast a vote against this sham impeachment targeting a hardworking public servant like Secretary Mayorkas, unquote. Georgia GOP representative and highly entertaining train wreck Marjorie Taylor Greene, who had been central to organizing the impeachment, was meanwhile crying in her soup, saying of House Democrats, quote, they hid one of their members, waiting to the last minute, watching to see our votes, trying to throw us off on the numbers we had versus the numbers they had, unquote. Cry more, Marjorie. Again, here at Progress Texas, we salute the guts and determination of Representative Al Green and wish him a speedy and complete recovery. South Houston residents, you should be proud. Governor Abbott appears to be going for a new record on border press conferences. He was just there last weekend with a gaggle of GOP governors, and now he's got another one in the works for today. Reporter Case Wilbanks at KCBD-TV in Lubbock says Abbott plans to be back in Eagle Pass for another tough guy photo op with Texas State GOP lawmakers and an announcement likely regarding expansion plans for Operation Lone Star today. Gotta say, the tough guy part of this photo op might be tough itself as video from KCBD shows the fenced-in Shelby Park to be basically empty as of last night. See the link in the show notes. As for the Texans having to live in the middle of Abbott's border cosplay, David Martin Davies at Texas Public Radio says the residents of Eagle Pass are increasingly on edge and feeling like they're caught in the middle as their once quiet city has been militarized and turned into a destination for right-wing extremists. One Eagle Pass mom of five who lives near Shelby Park told Davies she's concerned about the potential for an outbreak of violence similar to the 2019 El Paso Walmart shooting that targeted Latino Texans. 23 people were murdered in that incident by an anti-immigration white nationalist who had made the long drive west from his home in the Dallas area. Fears of political violence have far surpassed any worry about migrants in this community where basic border realities have simply been part of life for generations, but have now been co-opted and amplified for our governor's political gain. Over to Austin, where a stabbing near the University of Texas is making national news. NBC News says the victim of that attack was a Palestinian-American man named Zachariah Doar, 23, who had attended a protest in support of Gaza at UT on Sunday afternoon. He was dragged from a car hours later in the same area by his attacker, stabbed and near fatally injured. Doar's family tells NBC he believes his son was targeted because the car had a distinctly patterned Palestinian scarf tied to a door handle. The Austin Police Department says Burt James Baker, 36, who is white, was arrested and charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and that APD's Hate Crimes Review Committee has determined that the facts of the case meet the definition of a hate crime. Baker's being held on a $100,000 bond in Austin. The mind-blowing gall of our multiply indicted attorney general on this next one, Monica Madden at KXAN-TV in Austin, says Ken Paxton's legal team is asking a Harris County district judge to dismiss his securities fraud charges, claiming his right to a speedy trial has been violated in the case that's gone on for more than eight years. That delay, as we know, has been caused in part by Paxton's legal representatives themselves, who have been locked in battle over the location of the trial with prosecutors for the better part of a decade. Prosecutor Brian Weiss says his team plans to file a brief response to Paxton's motion soon. Issues not only with Republican office holders, but with wannabe Republican office holders. Robert Downen at the Texas Tribune says a former client of Houston attorney and Texas House candidate Jared Woodfill is asking state and federal investigators to take another look into the 2017 investigation into allegations that Woodfill misappropriated hundreds of thousands of dollars from his firm's clients one of whom, Amy Holsworth, says Harris County prosecutors mishandled her case against Woodfill and unexpectedly closed it. She suspects improper influence from embattled District Attorney Kim Ogg, a Democrat. 
Woodfill is a former chair of the Harris County Republican Party and longtime anti-LGBTQ plus crusader and one of several Republican primary challengers enjoying the backing of Ken Paxton as they target Republican incumbents who supported the Paxton impeachment, in this case, Representative Lacey Hall. Up in Amarillo, the influence of big money is blatantly obvious. In the case of another GOP candidate, Edward McKinley at the San Antonio Express News says State House candidate Carolyn Fairley is having trouble dodging the fact that her father, prominent Amarillo businessman Alex Farley, is a prolific financial supporter of conservative causes and candidates. Having pledged $20 million to create an institute at West Texas A&M in Amarillo that promotes so-called faith and family values, also having donated $300,000 to Ken Paxton, $350,000 to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and $50,000 to Ted Cruz over just the last couple of years. Plus, Caroline Fairley's political experience mostly consists of work for U.S. Congressman Ronnie Jackson, supported by a super PAC that Dad gave three hundred grand to and currently works for one of her dad's companies. No wonder reporters keep asking her if her pop is trying to buy this Texas House seat for her. Fairly the younger, for obvious reasons, has the enthusiastic backing of Cruz, Abbott, Paxton, and more, and at 25, would be the youngest Republican woman ever elected to the Texas House. Progress Texas proudly celebrates Black History Month throughout February. We have a nice calendar of related events across the state to check out at progresstexas.org. Coming up on the 17th in Dallas, an African-American read-in, a community celebration which has been organized by the National Council of Teachers of English to make literacy a significant part of Black History Month. Saturday, February 17th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the African-American Museum of Dallas on Grand Avenue. In Austin, coming up this Saturday, the 10th, the Hope is Like a Light Music Therapy Concert Series happens at the George Washington Carver Museum. In Houston, Artest Gallery presents Little Black Girl Joy, a solo exhibition by artist Lauren Luna. Opening reception coming up this Saturday afternoon from 4 to 8. And in San Antonio throughout the month of February, prints by contemporary black artists are being featured at the McNay Art Museum. Also this February, here at Progress Texas, we're asking you to show us a little Valentine's love by inviting you to become a recurring donor. Much like Jennifer Owen, Tim Malpass, and Carol Orr all have during our February member drive, we're looking to add 29 new regular donors to our list to support our important work this election year through the month of February. Thanks so much for your help. Another way to help this all-important election year is to check out our web store at progresstexas.org. It's always open, and you can choose from Y'all Means All, Revolution, or our most popular Humans Against Ted Cruz t-shirts, all union-made right here in Texas. Hit that at progresstexas.org. That's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch for this Thursday, February 8th, 2024. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. If you're enjoying our podcasts, an easy way to help spread the word is to leave us a positive review on the podcast delivery platform of your choice. And be sure to tell your friends about us, too. Progress Texas is a nonprofit rapid response media organization promoting progressive messages and actions. While campaigns come and go, we're the permanent home for progressive media and action in the Lone Star State. All about all the great things we do at ProgressTexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow morning.